0: You are listening to the Janine Garner Show. Janine is a leading expert on leadership and driving influence through networking and collaboration. Passionate about bringing brilliant people together to achieve remarkable results. Join Janine Garner as she shares insights, interviews and conversations and lets together make the remarkable happen.
1: Welcome to the latest episode of Unleashing Brilliance. I'm your host Janine Garner and it is an absolute pleasure to welcome you here today. For those of you that are regular listeners of this podcast, I am forever grateful for your support and I'd love to hear from you. Um, send me an email janine at au, or message me on any of the social platforms. I'd love to hear who you are, where you're from, and what is your favorite episode that you've listened to so far and why. Um, say hi. You know I'm all about connection. And for those of you that are listening for the first time. You are going to love today's episode. By the way, this podcast is all about telling the stories behind success. There are so many incredible people out there, amazing business owners, individuals, philanthropists, game changers, entrepreneurs, just incredible human beings out there who are doing awesome things. And the purpose of this podcast is I'm curious about their backstory. What is it that they did? What did they experience? When was that watershed moment? where they finally realized what it was that they wanted to do, and what have they learned through that process? What have they learned that they can share with you? And I'm really pumped to share with you today's guest. I met today's guest, Kylie Ryan, probably, oh my goodness, maybe two or three years ago. I've been following her work, I've been curious about what she does, and the more I've got to know her, uh, the more I've uh, got curious about her background, the work she does and the impact that she makes, um, the more I wanted to get her on this podcast. So super excited that uh, we had To this chat, and I can't wait for you to listen to it. Um, Kylie Ryan is a performance coach to Visionary Leaders. Um, She helps coaches, entrepreneurs, change makers to ensure that they have that mental clarity and that professional precision and internal foundation to lead their movements, to create the impact that they want to create and to fulfill their mission. She specializes in working with passionate professionals who empower human transformation. And those individuals that through their work create positive change locally and globally. As she shares in this podcast, um, from a very young age, she knew that she'd been put here to do specific work. And that's what we explore in this podcast. Kylie, I am so pumped to welcome you on this Unleashing Brilliance podcast. How
0: are you doing today? I am so great. I'm so happy to be talking to you, Janine.
1: <laughs> well, I just I have it's gonna be interesting to see where this conversation goes because oh. uh I know you as a colleague. Um I've seen you perform in terms of your work. Um, I know what you do, and um it's you're just incredibly inspiring and impactful at every single moment that you have chance to connect. So I'm super excited that our listeners are going to get a little taste of Kylie Ryan today. So before we get into it, um, let's just do some quick fire questions. Um, Yes. What was your first job? First ever job? Can you remember?
0: Yes, I can. My father is a chef and we grew up in a function center. So my very first job was folding napkins and polishing cutlery and setting tables for the wedding functions that we had that I was like, I don't know, nine or (laughs) ten.
1: Oh my God! You were working from such a young age, <laughs> just for the family business. So, but
0: I got some pocket money for it. So, but there was a lot of polishing cutlery, a lot of methylated spirit smell.
1: <laughs> I can imagine, and I bet you've got lots of fond memories and funny memories from weddings yeah. over that time or events. Um, a favorite? I don't know. Book, podcast, TED Talk that that has really influenced you? What springs to mm. mind?
0: Favourite book, podcast, TED Talk, oh, what springs to mind? Well, actually, all the way back from when I was younger, hologra- the holographic universe was one of, the first, one of the first books that really was like, whoa, okay, <laughs> there's, there's, more to work, there's more to the world than just the, the things that we can see and feel and taste and touch and, uh, and that that was a book that kind of validated all of the thoughts and consciousness things that I kind of had an intuitive understanding of, which is yeah, really
1: interesting. Well oh, we'll come back to that. And can you um can you just share with our listeners um what is it that you do now?
0: Oh I am so blessed right now. I um I get to work with amazing, amazing visionary leaders, uh, coaches, change makers, people like yourself, Janine. Um and just incredible heart-led entrepreneurs who are who are wanting to make the world a better place, who are wanting to bring their gifts forward to unleash their brilliance and and make a difference in the world in a positive way. So it is it's really exciting, and uh, and I'm so honoured and blessed to be able to do that.
1: Ah, oh, um, thank goodness you are. Mm. Um, let's just go back a bit. So okay. I'm curious. I'm always curious as to how we get to where we are. Um, If you think back to your childhood or the community that you grew up in, how do you think that shaped you and who you are continually becoming right now?
0: Yeah, Yeah. so I grew up, um, you know, middle class kind of upbringing. My parents um, were great parents, really hardworking entrepreneurs, both of them. My dad, as I said, was a chef running his own restaurant and uh, my mom taught horse riding, um, and, and was constantly, we lived on a kind of farm, we lived on a small farm and then a bigger farm with a restaurant on it. And, um, and so she was constantly rescuing animals <laughs> and, and rehabilitating animals from horses to dogs, to cats, to like, we had a whole menagerie and they used to follow her around this, this pack of dogs, um, that she'd rescued. So I guess, yeah, I had a kind of more rural upbringing, which was really nice because I got to spend a lot of time in nature, a lot of time kind of out in the paddocks or riding my horses. And, um, and while that's, you know, a very privileged upbringing to be able to have that space and, and that, uh, ability to have a, a, you know, a beautiful and expensive pet like that, pet like that. Um, it gave me a lot of time, gave me a lot of time to kind of be in my inner world and spend time by myself out in nature and really connecting with my horse. And, and there was a like, you know, owning animals, there's a lot of chores with owning animals. And my mom was not about, you know, letting the kids off from doing chores. And so we really learned the value of hard work on our on our farm and so you know you had to get up and before you did anything for yourself you had to clean your horse's stable and make sure your horse was fed and your dogs were fed and you all of like do all the chores before you got to kind of do um do anything for yourself and so there was a real just a really intrinsic value on hard work and looking after things and being in integrity and and not shirking or cutting corners it's like you know always shut the gate (laughs) Yeah. Shut the gate, you know, so the horses don't get out, um, always shut the door so the flies don't get in, you know, so there was this sense of uh, nature and and hard work and and my dad was always, you know, working as a chef. Anyone who knows anything about the restaurant industry knows that chefs work really, really long hours and so my dad would often be gone before I woke up and then would be back really late at night. And so, both my parents really instilled that value of hard work and not being afraid of hard work, and um, and doing what it takes to get the job done. And um, and so, I think that's really been such a testament to uh, to my kind of imprinting, and and I definitely. I definitely do have that imprint of like just do what needs to be done and whether you're tired or whether you're, you know, not feeling it or a bit sick, it's like you just got to show up and do what needs to be done and kind of be in integrity about that. And so, yeah, I think that's really stood me in good stead. Um, yeah, that's yeah, that's awesome. one of the things.
1: <laughs> and so when, um, when you finally left the farm and started I don't know, yeah. doing proper jobs growing up and yeah. taking on responsibility. Where did life take you?
0: Yeah, so it's interesting because I I loved that childhood of growing up in nature and um and that all of those pieces. But I really I used to say, even as a kid, I was a bit of a precocious kid. Um, I'm geographically misplaced. <laughs> and so even though I loved the nature and the horses, I always felt like you know, that kind of farm life wasn't really my home. It wasn't where I was meant to be. And I used to just, uh, I used to spend a lot of time reading fantasy novels and science fiction novels and really escaping into a world of, you know, magic and, you know, advanced science civilizations and things like that. And so I I was busting to get into the city kind of as soon as I could. And so uh, I went to university and did a communications degree. Uh, but I'm a singer also. And so, um, and so when I moved out of home, I was 18 and 19. I moved out of home in with uh, my friend who had, who was my singing teacher and um, we had become really close friends. And so I moved in with her and kind of lived with her family. And, and I used to, you know, it's funny. You said get a proper job. I never really got a proper job. I never really got a proper know, job. I don't even know how to. Do, I don't know a
1: a, a job in your twenties.
0: <laughs> yeah, a job in your a job in your twenties. So I like worked for a mobile phone company for a couple of years, and and I used to sing. Uh, I used to sing in bands and stuff, and and then I worked in a restaurant for a while and sung in bands and like wow. while I was doing university. And so I was always kind of um, the closest to a corporate or kind of steady nine to five job that I got was working at fitness first as like the customer care manager, like, you know, 25 or so years well, 22 years ago or something. Um, and so I've always kind of had that sense of wanting freedom and working for myself and kind of calling my own shots in terms of how I, Mm. how I showed up. And so I've always done these kind of less secure jobs that gave me freedom to kind of do my own thing. And and so that's always been a really important part of how I've run my life.
1: Were you challenged with that approach at all at that time uh thinking about you know society and conforming and even that question the proper job who's to say what a proper job is I mean let's be real but I equally imagine that choosing to to uh making the choices that you made at that time was it was it tricky with the expectation around you or did you have support through all of that
0: Um, my mum has always been quite supportive, and and she's an aquarian and has this kind of unconventional approach to life. And so, she she always was very supportive. And I think my dad was happy as long as I as long as I got my university degree, and and we we made a compromise. It's funny because we made a compromise on my communications degree. Like I wanted to go and do music at the conservatorium and he wanted me to be a lawyer. And I went, well, I'll meet you in the middle. I'll do communications. <laughs> and, uh, and it's funny cause I did a writing degree. And at the time I thought, God, what am I even doing this for? Like, uh, you know, I enjoyed it, but, um, but yeah, now it's funny because I'm just, I'm writing all the time. So it's life sets us, life sets us on our path and we don't always know, I think, you know, when the fruits will pay off of the things that we do.
1: So on that, um, you know, now you're a performance coach and your, your speciality really is working with those highly visionary leaders, um, you know, people, as you said at the beginning, that are have got big visions, people that are trying to change stuff. Um, looking back, what was the watershed moment that set you on that path, do you think, yeah. doing that work?
0: it's it's interesting because i've been in this industry now for uh 18 years and um you know i did my communications degree and then as i was finishing that degree i was singing you know do, doing odd odd you know gigs and auditions and things and my other singing teacher i had two singing teachers my other singing teacher um she got involved in nlp and um, and she did her kind of first training, and I had an audition to go to that I was really nervous about. And she said, "Oh, can I try this new technique thing I've learned with you?" And um, and that that was really a, a, a turning point in my life. And you know, those two mentors were really uh, in really influential on in my life, both of them in in various ways. And uh, and so Alice, my my mentor that kind of led me down the path of NLP. Um, we did these kind of a couple of sessions, a couple of processes. And Janine, I remember clearly that day, like going over to her house and she was like, she just learned the technique. So she had like her scripts on her lap. She was reading from the book, you know, as you know, we do when you start out as a coach. And, um, and I, I really remember we, we cleared a belief that I had about relationships. Like at the time I had been drinking I'd been travel I'd traveled overseas I was drinking and kind of partying and living that kind of unconventional or maybe it is conventional now 20s life of um just kind of excess basically Mm. and I had put on a lot of weight and and all of that and and she helped me kind of find and uncover this belief about relationships that like I wouldn't I had this like deep unconscious belief that I wouldn't be safe in a relationship and and so we cleared that and using timeline therapy, which some of you might be familiar with, and I remember walking out of her out of her house that day and kind of out onto the street in Manly, which is a beautiful suburb in Sydney, looking out over the ocean, and it was like my life, you know, turned from black and white into colour. Mm. It, it was really like I was a little bit disoriented and I'm like, Oh my god what has just happened and and just the quantum shift that happened in how I was seeing the world suddenly all these new possibilities opened up and all these new uh, thoughts were coming into my mind and new possibilities um were there that weren't there before and I I was hooked on that in that moment I was like oh my god I have to get my hands on this technology I have to learn about this and um and that started my journey into NLP, so then I was her first student and her apprentice, and she's an amazing coach and amazing teacher. And so I really had some incredible mentorship when I first started out. So I was like 23 when I first learned um, when I first learned coaching, and had this amazing apprenticeship experience, which has really formed the basis of, I guess, the mastery that I've been able to go on and create.
1: Yeah, and almost an early adopter in that space. If I think back to 20-odd years ago, um, I can't even remember any conversation around NLP or coaching. It could have been because the age I was, but I don't remember it. And subsequently we've seen this huge momentum shift in terms of this movement to people getting curious about what is it about themselves, how can they become better, perform better, whatever language it is. so, and you know, you're a lifelong learner. I'm not even going to try and go through the list of qualifications. All I can say is you, 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 this is your, you found your path.
0: I found my path. Yeah, definitely.
1: And looking back before we get into that path and you know I'd really love to share some of what you're seeing in the world right now you know looking back at that farm life and the singing and the moving into the city and Mm. the bits and pieces along the way what what do you think you've learned from that that's contributed to who you are now?
0: Mm. Yeah it's it's really it's really interesting there's so many different threads and it's funny like now I'm in my 40s I can start to see the different chapters. like I had this really strong kind of chapter of my life where I, I had a good ten years before I had my got married and had my kids where I would sing like three or four nights a week in a night in nightclubs because this was around the time that house music was really big and the nightclub <laughs> scene was huge in Sydney before they changed all the regulations and killed the nightlife of Sydney. There was a whole, amazing scene that happened and it was incredible and there was so much aliveness and so like three or four nights a week, I would sing really late at night and kind of rock the crowd and improvise with uh, with DJs to house music and in clubs and bars, which was amazing and then by day, I would like put on my white shirt and <laughs> and coach people and I was coaching people around weight loss because one of the big shifts that I had made um, was losing kind of 20 to 30 kilos, like over, over the course of the body shift I did, I ended up losing 30 kilos, but I did this kind of quite radical shift of, um, shedding 20 kilos in like three months, which was pretty transformational people like, Oh my God, like, what did you do? How did you do that? And I was like, it's all in your mind. And, (laughs) And so I, I did kind of 10 years uh, as a, as a weight loss mindset coach. And, and that was really my, that was really my training ground for my craft. And it was like lots and lots of one-on-one sessions, you know, like charging 7,500 bucks, you know, a session. And I just did thousands and thousands of sessions, like so many sessions. This was kind of before social media was a thing. So I was putting up flyers around in local cafes and running, uh, goal setting workshop evenings and getting clients like that. So, um, kind of that old school marketing was really interesting as well, but it's interesting. Like now when I look back on that, cause you know, things changed when I got married and I had my kids and, and I was like, I'm done with singing in nightclubs. I've had my, hang up my stilettos. Thank you very much. That's enough. Um, and then I had this beautiful period where, you know, the online world was like absolutely booming and i built my first online course and started leveraging my coaching and started started to kind of move to this one to many model which is an incredible an incredible shift to make and really stepping into that stepping into that shift of being more a teacher and a mentor and then you know and a guide being able to support people in that way and for a long time i felt like there was this split between my artistic self mm. and my healer self and and then you know i kind of put my artist creative self to the back burner while i was looking after my kids and they were little and then now that they're a bit bigger you know my girl is now 10 and my boy is now 7 i really feel that kind of coming back together and you know i'm doing i can feel it almost like my creative artistic self is now coming back aligned in with my healer and now I get to kind of show up on a world stage and bring bring my you know bring my voice to the world in a way that is going to bring healing in an entertaining and kind of exciting way so that's I guess that does that answer your question?
1: Yeah because uh, yeah, <laughs> what I hear as you're talking there and you know hearing your your backstory such an incredible amount of as resilience and just doing whatever is needed to be done mm. and a trust in the steps mm. that you're making, um, you know, which yeah. I have no doubt is from, you know, being around nature for yeah. as long as you were and seeing, you know, there's that wonderful yeah. connection that that we have with horses, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Um, you can see it all coming out. And then when you talked about, not feeling like you fitted in. And so yeah. that performer piece is just it's mm. so wonderful to connect it. And and the final bit then of the connection back to it is now this absolute clarity that you work in so this space much. of performance, of yeah. other people's performance. So, yeah. so as you talked about this this alignment, this wonderful alignment between the healer and the performer. Well yeah. essentially that is that is what you're you're giving to to other people. Um yeah. so so my question now is in your work, um, and we've done some work together around unlocking your worth. Um
0: mm.
1: yeah, what do you see as mm. some of the biggest challenges that mm. So many people are struggling with right now when it comes to unlocking their worth, when it comes to stepping into their brilliance, when it comes to actually living the life that they have been put on this planet to live, even if they don't really know what it is right now, mm-hmm. what do you see as as the challenges? What's coming up right now? we're yeah. recording this in 2022 um so what <laughs> predictions <Yeah>. here <laughs> 2022 just in case we decide to borrow this somewhere and in 10 years time it comes out what are, you, what are you seeing because you work with a lot of um you know on paper and publicly social mm. media mm. making looking highly 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 successful mm.
0: um
1: but, as we all know, we're humans and the stuff that yeah. gets in the way. What do you see right now? what's what's yeah. going on in the world? What's,
0: what's going on? on? Well, this, it's really interesting because we're in, you know we are in such a time of cultural shift. like the 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 globalization of the world is undeniable. The pandemic has changed so much about how we, um, about how we relate and how we do business and, and all of those, you know, all of those things is a whole like kind of landmine in itself. Mm. But there is a lot of, there's a lot of pressure being put on people these days. And a lot of people, um, a lot of people kind of handle pressure in different ways. And, and it really does, it, you can kind of crumble under the pressure or or like, get resilient and, and move forward and, you know, rest when you need to, but kind of keep moving forward. And, and so it's interesting in terms of like unleashing brilliance and unleashing people's worth. What I'm seeing in, cause I work with kind of two groups of people. I work at the highest level with, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, at the seven, eight figure CEO level. And I'm also working with, as a teacher and mentor, I'm also working with up and coming, coaches that are wanting to unleash their brilliance and bring their work to the world and it's interesting because at both levels there's there's still similar patterns playing out you know there's still the um, there's still the kind of insecurity of the, the small self or the, you know, the inner child or the part that feels like, do I know enough? Have I, you know, have I got enough? Am I the one? Like there's so many other people out there doing this thing or in this niche or selling this product or in this business model. Um, like where do I fit? is the, There's a sense of like really strong kind of comparisonitis and that is just, exacerbated and amplified by social media so much you know when you think about when you think about our sense of community and how many people you know and how that's changed over the last 10 years like I've got 5,000 friends I tried to look through my Facebook the other day to, to to delete some people and I was like oh no I can't delete that person I was like halfway through my oh, list I knew everybody
1: I did the same with my Instagram the other day everybody I was, I was going oh I should probably and I was like oh no I know I know I know I know you that, I know you don't the same depth but my husband says to me how do you remember all these names it's just because I know them because you come across them or they reach yeah. out and they go oh yeah we've been chatting
0: on here it you're yeah. so right Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's this sense of like there's so many people that we have in our awareness and you know I remember that uh you know scientific study of like the 100 and 150 monkeys kind of thing is like we can only hold that many uh complex relationships between this many people. And if you think about you know people that used to grow up in a town and maybe they'd drive to some other place or maybe they'd ride a horse to some other place depending on what era you're in. Um but but you could only really get the information from the local area or from other people. And now we have this global influx of information. We're having thousands of friends. We're seeing what other people are doing on the other side of the world instantaneously. We're seeing curated, filtered, photoshopped versions of other people's lives. And so the the pressure, the pressure that people are under to kind of look a certain way or show up as successful in a certain way it has never been more present mm. and the yearning the the heartfelt yearning for deep authenticity and true connection and honesty and vulnerability has also never been more present it's like Oh, there's this deep insecurity of like, oh, I have to look perfect or I have to be successful, and I have to have it all together, particularly in the coach and personal development fields, more like even now as well in the entrepreneurship field. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, this kind of yearning for deep vulnerability and connection. but it it takes so much courage to really reveal yourself in a public forum because now, if you reveal yourself in a public forum, well, my friends, now that's on the internet, and then something maybe you say gets taken out of context, or so there's like so many pressures to be perfect and to say everything perfect and to you know be you know woke as well, to like to be thoughtful and aware of other of other people's you know of other people's experiences, which is really important, right? <laughs> like absolutely, I agree that that's really important. And at the same time, you know, there's this pressure to be perfect. And so there's this kind of deep conflict that happens. And I think a lot of people are are struggling under the pressure of like, how do I show up authentically and also be successful and also attract new people because I'm looking successful? There's a real kind of contrast that happens. And, And also this sense of, you know, what does my success look like? Because there's so much marketing being kind of Out there on every on every forum of, you know, get your first 10K month or make your seven-figure business or, you know, whatever, your laptop lifestyle, or manifest the life of your partner of your dreams. There's so much marketing material that is kind of playing to our insecurities and pushing on those pressure points that it's it's just can be really tricky sometimes to find your center and really come back to the quiet of going, hey, what's really important to me? What does my version of success look like? And it might not look like the, you know, the version of success that you're being marketed. And so that takes a lot of inner ability to calibrate and inner ability to regulate your nervous system and to not be hooked in by marketing, pushing your trigger points (laughs) so that you can stay true to what's authentically you. Mm. Uh, And that's, that's a big part of the work I do at both ends of the scale, right, at the, at the super successful level and also at the just starting out level. It's really, I really feel like that's the core piece of what I, what I stand for with people is to really help them come back to their own truth, their own sense of honesty with themselves, their own c- congruence and integrity, and then from that place, Then you have conviction to speak with power. You know, then you have the conviction to actually, when you say, hey, I'm doing this thing, or hey, I, you know, this is what I stand for, you're less concerned with what other people will say or judge or have, you know, have projections about because you know you're being honest with yourself. And, you know, at the end of the day, we can't please everybody, but the person that we need to be looking after is ourselves, you know, ourselves and our heart, and obviously doing the right thing by as many people as possible but I think so many people do the right thing by others at the expense of themselves and at the expense of their truth and and there's a balance to be had there
1: yeah and what's what's interesting about what you're sharing there Kylie in terms of what you're seeing is it's universal it's it's not gender specific it's not Mm -hmm. age specific it's Mm -hmm. not what class, if there is such a thing that you come from specific or religion or culture. And I know,
0: Mm.
1: you know, when I think about people that have come into my uh, orbit over the years of working corporately and now what I do now, Mm. it it always comes back to this lack of just belief and Mm. then working out what fuels that. And yet when you do the work that you do, you know, people just – thrive they just start yeah. shining again yeah. and I think do you reckon also that at key points in your life potentially you need to keep coming back to it oh, um, for sure. I mean I didn't actually get a, per- a coach myself until I was probably about 38 that shows you how mm. aware I was that it existed mm. and I often say when I speak uh, uh at conferences etc I'll go you know one of the things I wish I'd learned when I was in my teens or early 20s, was how much of an asset this is to your toolkit. And I think that at different stages in your life, as you're um, evolving as a human being, Mm. it triggers off other things. Um, Totally. From your experience, when you talk about, you know, performance coaching for visionary leaders, what is it that drives you to work in that space, because you could easily keep coaching thousands and thousands of people. What is it specifically yeah. about helping those visionary leaders achieve what yeah. it is that they want to do? What's the driver? What keeps you going?
0: Mm, well, I might get a little bit esoteric here if you, <laughs> <going back. laughs> if you're okay with, that. <laughs> um, you know, I think when I was when I was born and like even as a young child, um. I had a sense of, I had a strong sense of human evolution. I don't know, like that's a bit weird to say as a kid, but I had this sense that there was more to life than just the, you know, just the average everyday stuff that we, that we face. And, you know, I used to, I have some, I have some psychic or intuitive abilities and, you know, I used to hear voices as a kid and, um occasionally see some things <laughs> that were like oh i don't know if anybody else saw that but i saw it um and and so i've always had a sense that there's more to life than just meets the eye and i've always had a sense that you know there was that there was something that i was meant to contribute to the evolution of humanity and it might sound a bit arrogant to say but but um it was always just a really visceral sense that I'm here to support the evolution of humanity. It almost feels like I was sent here on a mission or something. And, uh, and so I've always had that as a really, as a really visceral sense. And whether that's just a story I'm telling myself or whether it's true, it doesn't really matter because it helps me stay focused and it helps me to get up on the days that are hard and to show up with integrity when, you know, I'm not feeling hundred percent, you know, and, and it's this sense of a larger mission. And I think, you know, one of, in the work that we do, we really work with three pillars with our coaches and entrepreneurs and their mission mastery and magnetism. And when you really connect into a mission that is larger than yourself. Uh, that is larger than just oh, I need to make seven figures to pay off my house or look after my kids. Um, when you really connect into something that is much bigger than yourself, or a movement that that will leave a legacy um, or make a difference to people who you don't know, you know, make a difference to the humans across the world that maybe you don't know personally, and you know, try and make really make the world a better place. And I know that does sound a bit idealistic. But I think we need idealistic people in this world. It's you know we are on a very interesting time in our planet, and there's a lot of amazing tech, exponential tech that that can um, that can really change things for the better. And there's a lot of exponential tech that can change things for the worse. And and I think it's really important that as our technology exponentially increases, our ability to make choices, conscious, mindful, heartfelt choices needs to also exponentially increase. And I don't think we're keeping up with that as well as we could. Um, And so if I can help bring more leaders back into alignment with their heart, with their congruence, with their truth, with their compassion, they will make better choices. And so if I can do some intensive work with a leader and they then affect 100,000 people, I've indirectly made a positive difference to all of those people by by helping that one leader come into alignment. and uh, And so I really feel like I'm both working with these leaders to help impact the world and then also training these coaches again for the same reason to help impact the world in a positive way. So for me, it's always about the ripple effect.
1: I love that. So you talked about three pillars there and I feel it and I have seen the impact that you have mm-hmm. and, um, that's, that's why we have such a great connection because, mm-hmm. uh, not it's hard when you have a bigger mission There's a reason that you're doing what you're doing today because of what yeah. potentially it's creating, what you want it to create yes. for tomorrow and thereafter, mm-hmm. um, and the challenge that you talked about with technology or with society is,
0: mm.
1: is it's it becomes difficult to share that bigger mission sometimes because people yeah. have this expectation of steps, they still keep going, make more money. Yeah. It's not always about that. <laughs> there's, there's a the ripple effect of the decisions that you're making. Now you talked about three pillars, mission, mastery, and was it magnetism? I
0: magnetism. Think? Yeah, talk yeah. to me
1: about mastery.
0: Yeah, so mastery, you know, mastery for me is about integrity Mm -hmm. I I think there's a lot of people particularly in our field uh, you know in the coaching field and and the coaching space that are coming in excited you know fresh new faces which is wonderful like don't get me wrong I'm really excited by how much coaching has expanded and you know it's one of the fastest growing industries it's you know billions of dollars worth of um, revenue and market share and it's like exponentially growing which is amazing and that tells me that there is a hunger for people to grow there is a hunger for evolution which is amazing and and it couldn't come fast enough so I'm absolutely you know thrilled that that coaching is taken off as a as a field you know no one really knew what it was when I started out there's you know there was a (laughs) I know I'm certainly not the first there have definitely been people in the field much longer than me but but it it feels like it's definitely becoming much more ubiquitous, much more well known in the mainstream. And so, as all these new people come in, there's it's an unregulated industry, and there's a lot of people that that are um, that are sharing the idea that you only need to be one step ahead, and you don't need to have any training. You can just kind of go do it and. And while I think that that's valuable because everybody has value to share, of course they do. Um, I also, as a coach and a coach trainer, I also like to make a stand for mastery as a coach mm. and and really mastering the skills. So for people who really want to have longevity in the industry, uh, you know, I made a kind of commitment. You, you said at the start about the long list of mm. qualifications. I made a commitment at the start of my um, coaching journey to you know, learn something new or qualify in something else every single year. And I've ended up kind of doing, you know, one and a half things or so every year for the last 18 years in both coaching and business to, you know, to keep my, keep my mastery even between being able to serve others and also being able to build a business that serves me and my clients and the world. Uh, And so I really think that, there's a lot of surface skimming that happens these days. And um, and if if you can have the discipline and the commitment to choose to go all in on something and choose to become masterful at something, it doesn't matter what it is. Mm. <laughs> it doesn't even matter what it is. If you choose to go deep with whatever it is that you love, you will end up you will become a very valuable person to be around. And and then you get to command your prices and you get to, you know, price becomes irrelevant when you are masterful at what you do because you become, you know, it's it's very small. It's a very small group at the at the top at the mastery level. And because not many people are really willing to put in that time and effort over time and and the commitment that it takes. So I think mastery is really about integrity. It's mm. about being able to back up what you say you can do, and really being able to deliver on your promises. And I think a lot of people these days in our field are masterful at marketing and masterful at uh, at you know putting on the the show and having the pretty website and and doing the marketing and sales funnels and are not so masterful at delivering on the promises that they've made. And again, that's not a bad thing. Like it's great to be masterful at marketing. But maybe team up with someone who's great at delivering. You know, like you don't have to be all things to all people. But what I would love to see is more collaboration between the people who are really great at at marketing and the people who are really great at delivering results, so that the results get delivered, and so that the marketing promises get kept, and people don't get you know burned by burned by that whole process.
1: Yes, awesome. <laughs> So we've taught mission, we've taught mastery. The final one, ma- magnetism. Magnetism.
0: Magnetism. Magnetism. <laughs> yeah. So magnetism is magnetism is different than beauty, right? And I'm I'm blessed to have been born into a somewhat symmetrical photogenic body, um, which is nice. Um, and it's certainly made doors easier to open over the years. And I can't deny that privilege. But magnetism is more and deeper than that. Uh, Magnetism, I believe, is about the integration of your masculine and feminine energies. And when you have that integration, And, you know, you might think, well, Kylie, what are you talking about? Integration of masculine feminine energies, the the masculine energy being the ability to set a boundary or have a strong spine or have integrity in what you say to follow through on your word and do what you say you're going to do. That's that's the kind of the masculine energy. And everybody has that no matter what gender, you know, no matter matter what gender or sexuality you are um, or choose. So that masculine energy is the the integrity and the ability to have a strong spine. And the feminine energy is that energy to, you know, to be able to have an, an open heart and the caring, compassionate radiance of uh, being able to invite someone into your world, being able to, you know, to smile with soft eyes and to to listen deeply to someone. And so when you have both of those together when you have both of those together in the particular unique combination that that each and every one of us has and it's different for everybody when we're honest and truthful about who we are and we can stand firm in in what we want and what we don't want without you know pandering or people pleasing but also without being unkind or oppressive you know when we can stand for caring for ourselves and caring for others there is a radiance that happens that is undeniable and people become attracted to you in a way that that is very natural and and it kind of eliminates the need to go and hunt for work and to go and you know hunt out hunt out leads or hunt out customers or try and like you know grow your business in that way where you've got to kind of go and hunt and kill and catch and you know that type of thing when you've got your magnetism activated then people come to you and and they're like hey I want to interview you or hey I want to work with you or hey I like what what do you do Mm. (laughs) because who you are and the congruence of who you are starts to radiate out just in how you're showing up in who you're being so you don't even almost need to say a word so that's that's how I define magnetism.
1: Oh my gosh, we could talk for hours and hours. And <laughs> um, like, oh, there are so many other things I want to ask you. <laughs> um we've run out of time, I have to get you back on for another episode. Uh, but I I'd love um, to. I think what you you've done there is in your words, um wrapped up beautifully what Mm. unleashing brilliance is all about it's that um ability to you know as you said to connect into something bigger than yourself and to Mm. understand that you know you're here for a reason you're supposed to make a dent in the universe as Steve Jobs said there's there's a reason you're here there's a reason stuff happens it's it's that mastery piece of don't keep following shiny stuff don't keep doing what everyone else is telling you to do find your lane and stick in it it? and that's really tricky to your point earlier when there is so much going on around us both society wise work wise economic wise Mm. social media wise keeping in that lane is the tricky bit for so many people um and then this magnetism i loved your definition there of magnetism Mm. because again to your point it's it's not necessarily the marketing stuff that so many of us are seeing
0: and mm-hmm. equally so
1: many of us are responding to let's be honest sure. We're all human um yeah. and that ability to connect all three of those um to me is what unleashing brilliance is all about this is why it's not an overnight thing you've got to you know connect with yourself first you've got to own who you are who you are being right now and who it is that you want to become mm-hmm. um and equally i love The fact that, I don't know if you heard it yourself, but all of this is how you've pretty much lived your life. So if we think about the mission piece, connecting into something bigger than yourself, you know, that journey through farm girls, city girls, singer, lots of little jobs, um, being inspired by Alice that started Mm. this journey and Mm. connecting in with the why you're here is your very driver. The mastery is those years And I invite our listeners, just go and check out your website. I'll get you to share in a minute. You know, it's unbelievable. And, you know, we talk so much about investing in ourselves and um, it's as important as the work that you do to keep investing in yourself. And you live and breathe your own IP. And then finally, if people could see you, and I hope people get the chance to check you out, is that you epitomize that term, magnetism in terms of how you defined it and I imagine I don't imagine that's an overnight thing either Certainly um, not. you know you <laughs> shared you shared earlier that um you know you had that decadent decade of our 20s of um living the high life and you shared that you lost through your own journey 30 kilos 20 kilos so I'm imagining there was a lot of self-growth and development through so that much. shift too so yeah I just want to say thank you for mm. sharing your story. Thank you for doing the work mm. um and now, thank you for the gift that you are already giving to the planet and to the people that I know. um you really are a gift for those people that are listening. How can they find out a little bit more about you if they want to? Where's the best place mm. for them to go?
0: Yeah, the best place to go well there's I've got two websites that are that are where I, where I do my, do my best work. Um, my mind is my coaching website for helping, you know, helping entrepreneurs and performers, you know, to, to really unleash their conviction and their congruence and really unlock their power centers. It's a whole other conversation. Um, so yeah, my mind coach is my main, my main website, mymindcoach.com. And then for coaches, um, I've become a bit of a mentor in the coaching, you know, the transformational coaching industry. And you can find all of the information um, about coach training and all of the incredible, the mastermind and the faculty. Like I have an incredible faculty of experts who uh, I've basically kind of Created a coaching university, and and you know I've I had the benefit of being an apprentice, um, and not many people get that benefit, and so I've created a faculty so that all of the new and even experienced coaches who want to upskill in their skills and their magnetism and their mastery and their mission who want to really be held in a container that is not just about revenue but about really delivering great results. Um, and of course, growing your revenue along the way, but with integrity. Um, you can find that all that information at supercoachsociety.com, which is super fun.
1: Yeah. Carly, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. We Yay. are going to definitely do this again and go deep. Can't wait. Um, thank you so much for your time. What thank you pleasure. for everything that you are. Thank and you, uh, we will chat again soon. Yay
0: hope you enjoyed listening to the Janine Garner Show. To follow her blog, purchase her books or find out more, visit her website janinegarner.com.au. Brilliant people, extraordinary results.